1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
0: Believe. Vikings
2: come out and play. Oh, wait a I see. Let me put some cushions. Please with me
1: now? Up, Cousins, throws, passes. Now listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and
3: Baker. Welcome this evening to Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Ron from Eden Prairie, Sally from Minneapolis, and Bryant McKinney, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. We have what we'd call a typical analysis show this week. No extra player guests, but we do have Kyla from Vancouver who is a Vikings lifer? She's going to join us as well, and then we're going to hop into our usual slew of topical topics. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about BetOnline.ag. Uh, the month of June is heating up and winding down with a ton of exciting sports action. BetOnline is where you can find it. For example, our usual update on the NBA championship odds: the Suns are now the favorites at negative one fifteen, and the Bucks the are p- plus two twenty five. Clippers plus six hundred, and Hawks at plus eight hundred. So you can slide on over to betonline.ag if you want to put your money where your mouth is. From basketball and hockey playoff to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive 50% off your welcome uh, deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to betonline.ag and start playing today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so Bryant McKinney has not joined the show this evening yet, and I haven't heard from him, so we're hoping that he joins like in a live air type of capacity, um, but we shall see. So we're going to jump into the allotment of topics, and these are all topical from the past week per usual. Um, The first one that I noticed was the issue of secondary helmets. NFL is authorizing um, each team to use a helmet of yesteryear of their choosing, so that excited uh, the masses in the sense that they could see the Euler derrick for the Titans, even though those have no direct correlation to each other any longer. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that people hated when they had them, the beige ones, but now they, they love them and want them back. I don't quite get that, but I, I saw that. And you immediately think that's kind of cool. But then you realize that the Vikings helmet is their signature and it never really changes aside from some gloss or a matte finishing. So I want to ask Ron first, If the Vikings indeed jump on the 2022 train of having a chosen throwback with an alternate helmet, what the hell would that look like?
0: So I think, um, well, one, I hope that they never go to those, uh, like the 09 championship, like those jerseys, because I hated those jerseys and those sparkly helmets were awful. Um, so I, you know, I wish Brian was on to kind of get his take on those because that just felt like an ugly, just everything was bad about it. So um, I do like, our obviously, our current color scheme. I love the matte helmets. These are my favorite helmets that we've had. But the throwbacks that I like, I think we've worn them a few years ago where, I don't even know what era it was, but um, it, it was pre um, but it was kind of that darker purple um i think those uniforms um will should be the go-to throwbacks um as far as helmets um yeah like you said our helmet is pretty much stayed the same um so if they even use the current helmet to go along with throwback jerseys that would work but i would like to see some of those concepts that are out there that they have on like the vikings websites with the all white um we can't really support an all black as of yet because that would look odd with the purple jersey but i think all white or you know all gold might look bad too but I think that at least would met, would uh, mix well with our uh, our color scheme. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens. We'll probably drop the ball on it because I feel like when it comes to jerseys, we don't typically do
3: the best. So <laughs> when you talk about the 09 jerseys, you don't prefer those. Are you talk? Are you? talking about the time we threw back in oh nine and also wore throwbacks no yeah
0: i think those throwbacks that they wore when Favre was here those are the i think the best throwbacks okay that we would have but the actual jerseys that we wore that year like i hope they don't throw back to those (laughs) because those that white stripe that was just random that's yeah a very ugly jersey i
2: don't remember a throwback that year what game did they wear it on
0: I can't remember which one, but I know they they Favre wore it at one point. It had the gray face mask mm-hmm. um, on the helmets. Um, but I think it's back to
3: like the uh, moderate shod years, I want to yeah. say.
0: Yeah. Okay. So,
3: so Ron is out on the standard 2009 uniforms, but would like to pay homage to the throwbacks from that year, which uh, they wore that year, which is more towards yester year of the decades uh Kyla what would be your preference for an alternate 2022 uniform
1: um I'm so with you I absolutely Ron I despise those jerseys so much I used to have one um like a Peterson one and I think I donated it because I was like ew there's so many better jerseys I own now so I feel you so much on that um I don't know I love yeah like it's so true because there's so many jerseys but so many teams when I think about it so many teams have had so many different variations but the it's hard because the Vikings have generally stayed the same but I definitely when I look back at photos from or yeah clips from old games back in like the 70s I love like just the simplicity of those jerseys and like that really really deep purple I'm a fan of those and um, you guys might hate me for saying this, but like the matte helmet is my absolute favorite. I think it's perfect, but <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, which I think fans would hate because they look too much like Saints helmets. But what if one time we went for like an all gold helmet or something like that?
3: Man, that could <clears throat> like probably I don't know, would it come off as yellow though? Cause I I I threw that idea out there about a, a yellow jersey last week on twitter and it was met by universal disdain
1: oh yeah i saw yeah yeah Yeah.
3: (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah i think they thought that i endorsed a full switch to it all of the time or something
0: that's where i like the idea of potentially having a black like we've seen concepts of it over the years and the the deep or the purple that we have is so like if you do it right it can stand out and it like you know i love the color scheme that we have like so we don't need to get too outlandish with it but mix in some of those um those concepts and just let that purple kind of pop and um kind of go from there it's the nfl is always going to market the way they can so they'll probably throw out like a handful of terrible jersey ideas and just so they can sell
3: it and see what happens so but we'll see sally what's your dream scenario for this
2: I mean, I really like the black idea, too. I can't believe that they have never done it. I think, was it, like, in 98 or 99? I remember there were some Moss jerseys that people had in black, but I don't think they ever wore them,
1: mm-hmm. but they
2: were for sale. Um, I think, like, for night games, instead of doing Color Rush, do something like that sometimes. But, um, yeah, I got to agree, 09 is the absolute worst. The <laughs> white paneling on the side is the worst. <laughs> the, the <laughs> It's also the piping, like, the raised, like, stitching. Everything about it is bad. And people that still wear those to U.S. Bank Stadium, specifically Farbs, they just need to get – they need to skip the game and go get a new jersey, okay? Like, (laughs) they need to allocate their resources a little bit better (laughs) or just wear a plain T-shirt. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. You guys are right. All the helmets are very similar. Um, So it's really hard to say, but even something as small as a white face mask would – Make a difference. I saw a lot of your, your mock ups, Dustin, on the blog, mm-hmm. um, like those kind of outlandish ones. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, no. At first, I was like, oh, that white one looks kind of cool. But I think with the uniform, it really wouldn't look right. So.
0: Well, and the thing that I, like, in a lot of these concepts, I hate the idea of changing up the, like the logo on the helmet. Like, I don't want to see the whole, you know, Norseman on there. I just love the idea of it just being the horn. Like it's unique. It's, you know, it's represented well. And, uh, um, I hope that whatever they do decide to go with it, that kind of stays, um, any of the other modifications, uh, are, you know, again, a little overwhelming at times. Um, but that's just my opinion. <laughs>
3: I think what to expect is probably a like a switch for that game or games to a different colored face mask. Whether it's gray, um, what are, are they now? Black? Isn't that what they are right now?
0: I think they're I think they're purple. Yeah.
3: Really? I think it's yeah. I think it's just I the same I, purple. First of all, too. I scolded myself for not knowing that, but I tried to get a drop on it. And the pictures that I look at, seem like they're black. But then I was like, that wouldn't make too much sense. But anyhow. I think they, for that throwback purpose would go back to the glossy helmet and then maybe the white face mask, kind of like the Tommy Kramer look. I think that's what you can reasonably expect. Cause I don't even know if we're allowed to do one of those, uh, you know, cu- what do you call them? Um, custom helmets or experimental ones. I don't know if that's within the realm. I think you have to throw back to something. So, right. All yeah, right. Moving on. So I'm going to
2: ridiculous. like, you can't wear these shoes. You can't wear these laces. It's all so silly. Yeah.
3: And All right, socks
0: have to be a certain color, like. Because <laughs> at least to get Adam Thielen to stop wearing the yellow gloves so that when they fall off or whatever, like that, I think there's a
3: – you have the announcers yelling as there's a
0: flag on the field.
1: No fun league. <laughs> exactly. That
3: is Sally, the next topic is going to start with you, and there's a reason for it. Um, CBS Sports did its power rankings of head coaches, and so did Pro Football Network about a week and a half ago. Uh, our Mike Zimmer came in at 15th, right in the middle, almost, uh, for CBS sports and 20th for pro football network. So, um, of of the panel, I believe that you were the lowest on Zimmer in terms of your, appreciation so I want to know how fair is 15th and how fair she did fans. she
0: did eat in
3: her words eat some crow last week and about
0: the players coming back and everything so um <laughs> she's she's coming around a little bit so.
2: <laughs> I am I mean I told you I'm very excited um I you know I've changed my tune a little bit okay well something I think is important to point out uh that CBS sports list there's only 16 coaches on it so he's number 15 out of 16.
3: Uh, I think not- you only got through one page respectfully
2: It says we're not ranking all of the coaches on it. The other one did rank everyone.
3: Okay. I thought that like David Collins. So if indeed you're correct, then I just spread a bunch of random lies on the internet. (laughs) Um,
2: But anyway, I mean, I have issues with that list because first of all, and this is with the other list that you mentioned as well, Arians is number eight, which I think, I mean, the guy just won a Super Bowl. That's a little, um, to put McDermott and some of the other coaches in front of him, I don't think it's necessarily fair, especially since his coaching record overall is mostly positive. Um, Tomlin at number 10 was like, pretty crazy, I thought. Um, Low
0: or high?
2: Oh, I thought it was uh, high. Don't really? You-
0: I, I mean, I think, the, well, one, the longevity and the fact that every year he has a contending team. And then, um you know, last year with Big Ben and his injury. Or are you well, saying I high? Oh,
2: I misspoke. I meant it's a low ranking. It's, yeah, it should be oh, okay. higher. Is okay. what I'm Sorry, it. I
0: misspoke. Yep. Okay, got it. So, um, yeah. I agree with you there.
2: Then we've got Kev Stefanski at 13. Um, but the real thing that's messed up is LaFleur on every single list is high. So anyway, I mean, back to Zimmer to answer your question. I mean, I think given the um, how it's went and his tenure, how long it's been now—what is it, seven years? Um, I think that's pretty fair. Okay. Oh, for sorry. 15, sorry, the twenty I think is way too low on that list. Um, that list specifically ranks Lafleur at eleven and says that. Um, because he's 26 and six, I believe it is. And they give him the credit for, um, Aaron Rodgers' MVP season.
0: And like, people seem to like, they want to dub him this great offensive mind, but then they forget that his last year in Tennessee, Derrick Henry and his touches were limited in the last two years, the dude's rushed for almost 4,000 yards. So, um, like I, I always hate that. Oh, he came from an offense that like what the offense was efficient and he has Aaron Rodgers now. So it makes him look better. Like, I don't know. Not a big
2: he fan. He blew the NFC Championship. Yeah, also. Like, yeah, we're not gonna bring that
0: up <laughs> in any of these lists.
2: I love so, the backhanded
0: comments from Rodgers on, like when he's hosting Jeopardy, and you know who 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 decided to kick the field goal, and Rodgers makes a like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I love when he addresses those type of things. So.
2: Yeah, I will say since Dustin has put a gun to my head and made me do these types of rankings two weeks in a row, I understand how difficult it can be now <laughs> to find a place, but 20, 20 is low. I think around 15 is right.
3: You're lucky I didn't make you do wide receivers. That was tough for me. I, we have that for the next show with Wes, and my God, that was tricky. I learned a lot of a lot of lessons doing that. So, Stay tuned. Uh, Kyla, where, where's Zimmer on your pantheon of the 32?
1: Um, yeah, I would agree with Sally. I think 20 is not good enough, but I think he belongs in sort of that, um, 15th range. I was reading sort of those articles and I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of blows my mind first off. I think it's way too difficult to rank a bunch of coaches when some of them have been, you know, coaching the same team for years. Some of them are like quite new to the team. Some of them walked into, you know, like LaFleur exactly like pretty good situation like I mean imagine getting to coach like one of the best quarterbacks of all time in a division that can be sort of up and down um, and burning the bridge with the best quarterback of yes all time. seriously <laughs> um and there's things about Zimmer that does you know definitely piss me off like how we always seem to just when there's half a minute left before the first um, first half and we never seem to try and get points um, clock management, like I can go on, but as well, he's definitely dealt with a lot of adversity, um, especially his first few years as coach, Um, you know, lots of things going on, losing your quarterback, losing your next quarterback. Um, Yeah. And then, I don't know. I do feel like he got a lot of the blame because I noticed online a lot of people said, oh, my gosh, um, after this season, this is a Mike Zimmer defense. You know, these are just some casual fans who don't really know what's going on with the Vikings. But it's like, hello, our defense was decimated through injury. Like, I mean, what do you expect? So. Yeah. I, um, I know like, yeah, beyond Vikings Twitter, there's some people that absolutely despise him. There's some people that, you know, worship him, but yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm, I'm totally, I think he's, I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's the best coach.
3: And he's certainly not the worst coach. I'll go. And then you can have the last last word Ron. So, uh, 20th is laughable. Um, and then 15th is where you start to get in dicey territory. Um, but here's the deal since he took over in 2014, League-wide, the Vikings have the eighth-best winning percentage in the business. So I think we get bogged down in the the micromanagement of the team uh, because we watch every step of the way, everything that they do, that because he's not quite elite like an Andy Reid or Bill Belichick, we get frustrated and say, well, he doesn't do this well, and it sucks he does this, boom, put him at 15. And I don't think that's fair. I think that if he has guided the ship to the eighth-best win percentage, at the very lowest he could be on a power rankings would be 12th or 13th. Uh, so I would um, put him in between that 10th and 13th character or category. If I sat down and did this, which I probably will end up doing for our other show. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't get on board with 20th and 15th is just a little bit of seven to nine pessimism that has dripped over. Ron, what do you got? Yeah, Sally. Yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, I mean, I think, yes, we're talking about the winning percentage, but when that winning percentage doesn't get you to the next level and it tends to be the same kind of issues and his um, it seems his lack of desire to adapt. I think that's where the criticism comes in. If you have two uh, two playoff wins, but that's your winning percentage. I mean, that's disappointing. And one of those wins was a fluke miracle, you know? So it's like, and that, that was after a collapse. Like they, Technically, should have lost that game. So I think that's where that criticism comes in. Yes, there's that winning percentage, but it hasn't equated to long-term success in a big game.
3: I'll will take your they shouldn't have won the miracle and raise you. They should have won two years before, um, and then they balance each other out against the Seahawks.
2: But that's one win then. <laughs> <laughs> that's what nope. you're saying.
3: No, that'd be the to be that'd be back to two if you want to discount a uh, memorable win. Um, then you would have to. I, I would think if you're gonna examine it based on flukes, then the Blair Walsh miss was also a fluke, right? Oh,
2: okay. I'm sorry, I didn't. I thought we were talking about just those two games. Um, I wouldn't blame that on him, no. So, okay, I mean, <laughs> I yeah, I wouldn't blame that on him. Nobody stepped up to the plate and wanted to get a touchdown, and I mean, it's not Blair's fault either. So, yeah, okay, if you want to bring that up then, sure.
3: Ron so,
0: so you know, take away on I'll, this one. I will say, um, you know, the, the 20, yeah, I believe that is laughable because even the, what, the handful of new coaches like in the league, like that's, you know, some of them may be great, but like Dan Campbell and all the nonsense he talks, like, you know, there's easily 12, like, 12 off top of my head that are worse than him. Um, 15, I would think, I would say is a little low because I think some of the, "Quote unquote good coaches around the league." Um, I know Sal, you referenced uh, Bruce Arians, and for me, I'm not a big Bruce Arians guy. I mean, it took Tom Brady coming there for him to be able to to do something, but I'm not going to discount. You know, you do have to be able to put things together. So, uh, but there are some coaches around the league um, that. I feel like get a little more credit than is due and I'll probably catch a lot of heat from this, but Sean McVay is a perfect example. Um Like that year he went to the super bowl, everything was new and you know, it, it was all, everything was, he was a genius and all that. So then the next year, what happened? Like there was, they were very mediocre. And even last year, like they weren't this offense that was running up and down, like, and putting up a ton of points. Like they were winning games because their defense was being dominant. So um, while I do think he's a great mind, it's, and I do, I would probably say that that probably, I'd say he's better than Zimmer. I bet he's looked at higher than what he should be because of um, some of his, the in What's the creativeness that he brings to it? So, um, and Kyle Shanahan's another. I think people tend to forget the 28 to 3 Atlanta uh, game. Like, that was, in my mind, 100% on him. Like, you have six minutes left and you could easily run up the clock and, or, you know, just give the ball to your running back and make, or whatever, just eat up the clock and you're dropping back and you're passing it. So um, like, I think some coaches get overrated, but I mean, I, I'd say at this point going into the year, if Zimmer's at 15 with uh, the opportunity to move up um, or move down, if things you know go bad, um, I, you know, I don't take too much into coach power rankings at this point, because I'm sure a few years ago before, before Patrick Mahomes was there, Andy Reid was probably considered like 13, 14 ranked, Granth coach and now all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes is in there and you can really see the uh, the innovation that he has. So it's it's such a volatile situation for any coach.
3: On Kyle Shanahan, his record, win-loss record as a head coach is 29 and 35, and nobody cares yeah nobody cares and it's
0: because what they give him excuses well he has jimmy garoppolo well who wanted jimmy garoppolo (laughs)
3: um, or uh
0: you know it's like that's part of it like like the same argument can be made for zimmer with look at the quarterbacks that he's run through like they draft teddy you know and his knee goes out um then they trade for bradford which you know at the time you know I was a hundred percent on board with it. Cause if not, we have Sean Hill starting and the season is absolutely lost. Um, So at least they made it where, you know, we can at least have a reputable season and give us fans some hope. So, um, you know, this, again, I go back to with Kirk being under center, it's the first time in really in my adult life that, uh, you know, since Dante Culpepper, that we've had a guy that we know that, he's going to be the week one starter and it's three years in a row that we've had that. So where we haven't been able to say that we, we, we don't have the Packer luck when it comes to, you know, 40 years of great quarterback play. So, um, or 30 years,
3: sorry. <laughs> Kyla, we are about one month away from training camp in Egan. Um, and there is typically maybe one, maybe two per year uh, folks that start that really weren't foreseen that kind of rose up the depth chart. So I'd like you to name one or two players, if any, that could do that for the 2021 Vikings. Um,
1: I think if I had to pick one player, I'd pick um, Smith Marquette's at wide receiver to be that surprise player. Um, I just don't think, you know, when looking at um, some of the other players we drafted and um, their comp, like the competition, they would, you know, need to beat out to you know be starting week one. I think we all know what we get in the um, with the wide receiver like the W wide receiver three will with um, like Easy Johnson and um, BB. Beebe.
3: Yeah, BB.
1: Yeah, BB. Of course. And yeah, I don't know. I think if he has a flashy um, or if he impresses Zimmer, I think he could definitely be there. Also, like I don't know. I just. I'm stoked about him because he seems like a cool dude like he um he's like a really really good water polo player like oh, isn't that random I know that <laughs> yeah so I can't wait for him to be like a superstar on the field and you know on Sunday night games like they say Thielen was a walk-on they'll be like did you know Simpson Marquette was a water polo player
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah, we need more personality on this. Yeah, absolutely. So that's exciting.
3: Sally, who's yours?
2: I actually had the same answer. Um, So, yeah, like she was saying, I mean, we haven't really had a true uh, wide receiver three since what, Jarius Wright. Um, And so we have been kind of mixing those guys around. So, yeah, he definitely – could step up and maybe fill that role. So I think that could be a surprise. Um, Other than that, maybe uh, Breland's, I mean, it was a surprise for him to join when he did. So um, that, that whole cornerback uh, competition is going to be really interesting.
3: Yeah, it'll be the, I think the most exciting at camp because they're just (laughs) all of a sudden, there's so many dudes to choose from. Ron, who's yours? So actually like the
0: first one I had on my list would have been the same um, just because of what he brings um, at the wide receiver spot is that deep threat, which, you know, we have two guys who are great route runners, good technicians, and just great receivers. So why not have a guy take the top off the defense? But um, with those two, with, um, with that already being covered, I'll throw in um, Chaz Surratt um, as a potential. Um, I think, his, uh, one, his smarts coming from a quarterback, um, you know, to move into linebacker, um, like when we had Jonathan Vilma on and, uh, you know, he elaborated on Kirk cousins, you know, how he called him a linebacker in a quarterback's body or whatever. Um, I think that attitude helps, um, from a linebacker spot, knowing that, you know, if you're a quarterback at every level, you're most likely the best player on your team everywhere you go. So, um, plus you have to have that, um, the intuition to be able to read plays. And I think bringing that on the defensive side of the ball, he clearly has the athleticism, has the size, um, and the fact that you're not in base um, 4 3 that often. Um, I see, I can see them bringing him in because of his pass coverage ability. So you're, You know, I don't know what Nick Vigil's strengths are. I know he's a very good tackler, but I don't know about his lateral movement. Uh, But I think if you can get another guy with speed to go along with Barr and Kendricks, that only gives them more uh, reign to kind of do their thing. So um, that would be, you know, you could kind of tap on that rookie tree and name any one of them um, as someone who's going to be a surprise starter, because I don't think there are very many surprises to be had. I think it's the way the team is constructed. There's a pretty well um, laid out path to who the starters are going to be.
3: I think when the Vikings are on defense for the first drive against Cincinnati, I think it will be Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breland lined up on uh, Boyd and Higgins. And I think we'll temporarily be flummoxed by it because we're enamored with what the Dantzler did the last half of the season. Uh, but Breland's been, been around longer, and I can assure you he didn't come to the Vikings to be some CB4, CB5. He could be a CB2. I mean, he won a championship, for Christ's sake, as a CB2 with, with the Chiefs. And every step of the way, he starts, whether it's Washington, Green Bay, Kansas City, or now here. So uh, we have to remember that Dantzler is only in a second year, so it wouldn't be unheard of if he's kind of more of the rotational guy. And he can still be great in that role. But I think Greenland, especially we talked about his personality, that I don't think he'll allow himself to be... Pushed to the back of the bus, at least out of the gate. You know, if Dantzler emerges like we hope that he does even more so, then yeah, then he'll get the snaps. But I'd be prepared for that. I also haven't ruled out Mason Cole at the, at the guard spot. There was a reason that we traded for him, and we don't know anything about why it's Davis progression throughout the summer. Uh, so I wouldn't be stunned if Cole was at the uh, right guard spot, just to start things out a little bit. So I'm gonna
0: I'm just gonna poke holes in your theory with, please you do and, uh, for a minute. um just on. Well, two things. One, um, Dantzler, I think, has the inside track because he has a year under his belt in the system, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be a huge help with Breland, especially just joining um, late in OTAs. Um, so that'll be one. But I think the most important part is um, the two wide receivers you mentioned with Boyd and Higgins, and then, you know, DeMar Chase is obviously oh, yeah. um, there as well. But Boyd and Higgins are both tall, lanky receivers. Um, Higgins is being four. I think that will be one where Dantzler will – um, will be out there because of the length. Um, so, t- I mean, again, just poking holes. Um, I don't either way, like we talked about before the depth is there um, and I see a rotation being used across the board, but um, that the, the length is going to be the reason why I think that uh Dantzler does get the nod week one. Now, is he the every week starter that that's to be determined?
3: Yeah. And then I'll reiterate again, what we said two weeks ago, that if for somehow um, Jeff Gladney was exonerated in Texas, it's just a really crowded house. Now I just don't even know where he fits. And it's so weird to say that about a first round draft pick from last year that it's like, God, where would he even get time? And it's, it's a good problem to have, but it's very strange because when the season ended or we started looking at the board for, you know, mock drafts and stuff, we were like, God, we only got two cornerbacks and now we got <laughs> five, maybe six. And then that's, that we haven't even talked about Harrison hand. So it, right. it's, a very, it's a very, it's a Zimmerian problem to have. And, uh, uh, let's see, let's go on. We got one more before we jump into the human interest segment that uh, Sally leads. Um, what would be, Kyla, your biggest concern or question mark surrounding this team right now?
1: Um, field goal kicking, as usual. <laughs> 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 it's always a concern. Even when it's not a concern, it's a concern. <laughs>
0: The forever open wound that is.
1: (laughs) It is. But I guess my biggest concern, like if I'm being, well, I mean, that is a real concern, but I guess I don't have too many big concerns, like really sort of at any sort of area on the team. But I guess it's because there's so many players coming back from injury and so many new players. I guess my biggest concern would be just like, how are they going to, you know, gel together but um, I think that's not a whore. There could be way worse things to be concerned about. So
3: Moink meat is so delicious. We love it, and you will too get Moink right now. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted, and we agree. And Jamie Simonoff, creator of the video Ring Doorbell, invested in Moink as, uh, Moink as well. Uh, why do just four companies control 80% of the meat industry? Because big food crushes a little guy. You can help change that with moinkbox.com. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com B-L-E-A-V. Right now, and listeners to the show will get free bacon for a year with every box that is ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste for a limited time. Spelled... M-O-I-N-K box.com slash B-L-E-A-V. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash B-L-E-A-V. That's moinkbox.com slash B-L-E-A-V. On the uh, field goal kicking, so our uh, buddy, Adam Patrick, I I used to be on his show. I don't know if I'll be invited back, uh, <laughs> but I used to be on his show about once a month. And back in the, the Dan Bailey exodus, Adam floated out the idea. And I thought he was kidding, but then he said it a couple more times. That he would will, willfully trade a first-round pick for Justin Tucker just to be done with all of this malarkey on the kicking, and I told him that even if it was him, we would be jittery. We would we would like we would be excited. Like okay, cool, we got him. It wouldn't be a first-round pick, but yeah, somehow we got Justin Tucker. Blah blah blah. He'd come onto the field week one in Cincinnati, and we'd be like, oh boy, now okay. what's gonna happen? I, we won't be able to get those butterflies out of our stomachs until a prolonged. I'm talking like two years worth of a guy being money. It's not going to be just a stretch because we've had stretches. Bailey was money in 2019. Uh, What's our buddy's name? Forbath, besides extra points was pretty darn good. So I think we're scarred and that's, that's just uh, a piggyback on Kyla's sentiment because it's in our, it's on our bones and especially us growing up with it, with the, with the kicker crap.
1: Nightmare stuff.
3: (laughs) Ron, what's your biggest concern?
0: My bad. Sorry. Um, I think, uh, as Kyla alluded to it, I think the continuity, like there are a lot of new faces on that defense. Um, and you know, usually like obviously Barr and Kendricks, they have played together for, you know, since college, um, they'll know where each other are going to be on the field, but some of these new guys, you may have to worry, like even Michael Pierce coming back, both of our defensive tackles are new. Um, so there's going to be that little bit of learning curve, but I know Brian has made the, the point before, um, you know, and giving him kudos and he's not here, but uh, it's all right. He He's the player. He's the one who knows how things are on the field. But going back to, you have a lot of playmakers on this defense and all it takes is one guy to make a play. So while they're, it would be a lot worse if it was our offense trying to get, things in line and a lot of new faces there um but i think um, that would be my biggest concern is just the guy you know whoever our left end or not our right end is might not know where our defense tackle is going to be or how he plays and might take a might take a few weeks to figure that all out valley who what's yours
2: um i agree with with what was said um but i think bouncing off of that um all a lot of these new players are going to be playing special teams. And so what is our, what special teams going to look like? It hasn't been great um, the last couple of years. So that is a concern. And then obviously, yes, the kicking is a huge concern um, because I think right now we don't really even, I guess to go off you guys point, it really doesn't necessarily matter who it is. So not knowing who it is, isn't really that important. Um, but also wide receiver three, I know we talk about that every week, but um, It would be nice to have a clear answer there as well because I think Jefferson's going to get covered a lot more this year um, than he did, especially early on in the season when he was playing. So I think we definitely need a more viable option for Uh, when that does happen.
3: Mine is different from the panel, but not different from probably their deep rooted fears. Uh, This is the most exciting plan we've had at the offensive line. um, Oh, yeah. That I can remember definitely during the Zim era. It seems like after four drafts now of Spielman putting a priority on offensive linemen that we have the homegrown fivesome and we should be hunky-dory. But for me, it's believe it when I see it because I I would just love to see what uh, Cousins could do with a normal offensive line. Uh, He had in Washington and did pretty well, but he's never quite had that here. And it's just become another thing that's ingrained in us that our quarterback's going to be uh, on his rump a lot of the time. So Uh, I do endorse the plan, but I, I I fear that it's going to take a little bit to coagulate. And so week one, you know, if if some of the Bengals bust through and get Kirk, it's going to be, here we go again. Um, So that's what I'm concerned about is that it takes longer than what we have patience for, for the two rookies who I hope start in Davis and Darisaw to grow up Uh, right now, what we have fresh in our minds is their scouting reports and how cool they are. Uh, But most of the time, Rookies take time to mature. Look at Dantzler. Dantzler was at best average until he got hurt. And then he came back on a mission and was deadly in a good way. Uh, so offensive line will will be my concern. And it's not like my kicker one is vanquished. Uh, it's just that uh, I would love to see what a regular, hundred times I'll say it, just a 16th ranked in the NFL offensive line could do. Um, and then to their credit, they usually run block pretty well. So this is all pass protection.
0: And I think that like what you just said,
3: Yeah. What you just said there with the run blocking, I think
0: that's the beauty of it and being able to kind of get these young guys to work as a team, as a unit together. Um, we're, we're always going to be a run first team. And when you have Dalvin cook in the backfield, he can make a lot of, uh, a lot of people look good. And all it takes is a few, uh, um, you know, a few reps to kind of get the feel for things where, you know, Dara is now all of a sudden going to be playing with a little bit of an edge because, you know, you're going up against, you're going at the guy in front of you and now, you know, you know, it becomes personal at that point. So we'll see. It'll be a, it'll be a fun battle, but I like, like you said, it's, we have a good outlook um, on it. There will be growing pains, I'm sure, but uh, I'd rather see growing pains with young guys than a uh, turnstile and
3: Dozier and uh, and Samia. Well, it feels like we care, you know, because for the yeah. longest time we were the only ones on our sofas saying like, nobody understands this, but me like, and then right. finally after some studious drafting, they finally got the guys they think will work. But for forever, it was like you know Twilight Zone. Like Mm -hmm. they're just not very good. And finally, they have the uh, ingredients to possibly be good. Sally, what's on the docket for our special fun segment?
2: (laughs) Well, um, last week, I think we were going to talk about, um, if we were going to travel to any games, but we went over with Brian's mom and I know, um, Kyla goes to away games. And so I was just wanted to hear her perspective on where are some of her favorite places she has been. Um, I know she's went to Dallas and that's more, I've never been, and I'm kind of scared to go there.
1: So maybe if she could talk to us about that to start out. Um, well, my favorite, oh, cause they're all away the games to me being in Vancouver. And obviously my favorite was going to us bank 2017, but, um, definitely my second favorite was going to, um, the stadium in Dallas and it was a Sunday night game, I guess, two years ago when it went down to the wire and I was nervous too. I have family in Texas and they're all like, Oh my gosh, you might get, you know, people might be mean to you or whatever and I was like no no one cares about the Vikings in Texas and honestly like Sally it was so true the fans were so incredibly nice they were so nice the woman beside me she was there with a bunch of her family and she um they all had traveled from another part of Texas too so they had to like make an effort to go there and um she like gave me a hug and like her like niece or nephews like high five me and then when i went some um, because yeah one bad thing is there's no transit out of um out of um like we were staying in dallas in the stadiums in arlington so it's like a 20 minute drive so transit is a disaster you basically have to get a lift out of there so my friend and i just walked to a bar and had drinks and food after the game and there were cowboy fans everywhere we're in our Viking stuff and every single one of them asked like Oh, did you have a good time? How was the game? Good game, you guys. Like, congratulations. Like, I was utterly shocked. I was like, wow, they were so hospitable. So nice, like 10 out of 10, highly recommended. They were awesome fans. It actually makes me kind of like, like the Cowboys now, like a little bit because their fans were so awesome. also they hate the Eagles just like we do so (laughs) that's my bond over that yeah
2: that's so surprising to me I guess I just think I was fans from the 90s and early like 2000s who were just so in your
1: face yeah no they were lovely they were like just like just awesome just such great fans and yeah the stadium is incredible like yeah it's bigger than you think it's gonna be so
2: well, and I know you've been to Seattle a few times, so yeah. I'm wondering from your point of view, since you've been to US Bank and Seattle, which one is louder?
1: Um, well, it's, uh, it's hard to say because they're both, um, like they're different kind of stadiums. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I think they were the same, but also the game I went to when I went to US Bank was um, a game against Green Bay. <laughs> oh so yeah like, oh. that's obviously going to be so loud um but there's also packer fans there yeah very yeah close off, yeah but. but it was it was loud but yeah no um Oh, i hate the seahawks so much but yeah no their fans are super loud <laughs> i couldn't believe how loud it was when
2: i went yeah. down obviously you hear it's loud it's loud but I'm like, whatever we had the metrodome we have us bank i can handle it it to me at least the game i was at i felt like it was a little bit louder people yes. get so mad at me when i say that though
1: like i'm totally disrespectful. no it, it is loud like they're they're crazy and
0: it's some of that
1: outside it doesn't seem possible
0: yeah is some of that, like, because I've heard, and I'm not an architect I or sound engineer, I have no idea how this works, but is part of it because of how the stadium is built with that kind of little, I don't even know what to call it, like, fishbowl shape on one side where sound just, like, I've heard grumblings that because of the way it's built, the sound just is directed, like, towards the field, but again, I don't know if that's, if there's validity to it or not, but... Um, I don't know. I know they're always up there with Kansas city and Kansas city, at least that's like a 90,000 person stadium. So that makes sense why they'd be a louder one, but I don't know.
1: I think there could be truth to that for sure. But I also think the fans like there, I've been, I've been to games where the Vikings aren't playing too. I've been to quite a few down there and I feel like the fans down there, like, no, they have that reputation to like uphold to be like super, super loud. So it's just like, no, we have to be the loudest, like Mm -hmm. no matter what
2: right yeah I agree see like I didn't think Kansas City was very loud but also when the Vikings played there last time there was a lot of Vikings fans there too so right. like, I when I've been to Seattle I mean there's not really very many of us there so
0: it's because uh, they're always Sunday night or Monday night games so who wants to be out on the west coast for those <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I don't know I just I was I was blown away how loud it was there so
1: you know I, I have to say my first Seahawk game I'm um, it was the Vikings were playing. I think it was in 2002. It's my first ever NFL game. My dad took me and he's a Seahawks fan. And, um, I was so excited, but uh, my dad was all like, Oh, maybe you shouldn't wear your Vikings jersey. Like before you get in the stadium, who knows about fans? And I was like, who cares? Whatever. I was like in grade nine or 10. And honestly, yeah. Yeah. 2002. 20 years ago, I guess. But um, the, the stadium back then was half full of Viking fans. It was nuts. Yeah, their fan they didn't really come around until they got. No, and, and that stadium had just opened. Like, I think that was their first regular season game or second. And But it was clear, like, so many Viking fans came, came over to Seattle for that. It was great.
0: <laughs> well, Seattle wasn't very good at that point either. No. And they were, were they in the AFC at that time too? Or was that – that must have been their first year – in the nfc because when the texans came yeah around so.
2: well where's the 12th man they didn't exist back then no <laughs> i mean what a bunch of frauds kind of like yeah. the chargers yeah. that, that were on the list yeah <laughs> speaking of frauds
0: yeah well they didn't um, have fans two years ago at all so
2: <laughs> no anyway are you guys are you boys going anywhere this year
0: I, well, I don't know. I want every year. I always say I want to, um, but then, you know, it's kids and you know, if I go, my wife would absolutely want to go. Um, so it always makes it tough, but, uh, we'll see. Um, I don't know, but I, I was at the Philly game in the championship game and I did wear my Vikings gear. So I have no problem going anywhere else and wearing purple (laughs) because the shit we put up with there. Um, well, one, it just baffled me because again, we were getting, we got our asses kicked and they still, um, you know, Feel like they wanted to to slit our throats, but uh, um, I feel like if I can make it there, I can go anywhere. Um, but uh, I I still never made it to Lambo, and I do want to do um, a game there, but I do want to do a cold game there, so just to get the, the full Lambo experience. So we'll see. I tend to save my like the planning of it just again because schedule wise for uh, playoffs, hopefully. So um, I know it will obviously cost more, but um, that you know, will be a lot more fun than just the normal regular season. So
3: I got, uh, all eight home games, of course. And I've already, and those paid. are all travel for you. So, yeah, and I, get, I already paid for the playoff games. That's how they, that's how they do it. Um, so we're all paid up there. And then I'm t- flirting with the idea of going to the San Francisco game, um, right after Thanksgiving. It's right after, let's see, it's a Sunday after Thanksgiving and black Friday and, uh, my co-host on the NFL show, Wes, lives there, and I have never met him in person. So that might be on the docket. Kind of depends on airfare and all that. Um, but yeah, I've, I believe it or not, I've never been to a Vikings road game.
2: I thought you went to Denver.
3: No. I went to their training camp. Oh, I've never, I've never been to a Vikings road game.
0: You've never been to so think- no. no. What? So the only other home, uh, road game I went to was the Miami game, I think in 2015, the um, uh, one that ended on a block, or There's that block punt for a oh, safety yeah. that, um, but that was a lot of fun. We had great seats and, you know, both teams are bad um, at that point. So, um, but you know, weather was great and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was D- December 21st game or something. So perfect time to get out of Minnesota.
3: And to reiterate yeah. salary, Sally, you're going to Cincinnati and what else for sure?
2: uh, Carolina, but now, I mean, with this revamped Zimmer defense, I'm going everywhere. I have to,
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you, Whenever
2: I was like, Oh, I'm not looking past like week six because I don't want to get my hopes up. Now I'm like the chargers. I got to go there and talk shit to them. Um,
3: so
0: <laughs> that's one that, that I, I feel like if I could get the green light, I'd fly out that day
3: to go, go to it and fly out right back after if I could just well, uh, run. Yeah, the thing- they talk a lot of nonsense. So what I'm trying to do Ron, before it's all said and done with is go to Staples Center to see LeBron. So I want to pair a Vikings game in Los Angeles. <laughs> Do it.
1: It's mm-hmm. awesome, Staples Center.
0: Yep. You know, if you get a plan like that worked out, um, I'll meet you there. And we'll, really? Uh, okay. Well, no, yeah. I,
3: I will see LeBron at Staples before he hangs it up. So I would just like to try to – and it's not easy because they both have to play in the same four or five days. And yeah. yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and they probably won't play the Chargers again for four.
3: Years. Yeah. The Ram the Rams, I got to see when they're, when they're going there and LeBron probably has oh, sure. they have two, two, two to them. four years left unless he goes back to Cleveland, but we shall see.
1: Do we host the Rams here?
0: We
3: host the Rams. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. That's
2: what I thought. Yeah. They last played the, what was that? 2017 they played anyway. Okay. So
1: Kyle, are you coming here or what games are you going to? Um, I don't know. I, this is so lame. I'm, I don't have a Vikings game planned yet, but my best buddy jokingly decided a few years ago he was going to be a Jaguars fan because no one outside of Jacksonville is a Jaguars fan. He actually <laughs> likes them now, so we're going to go see go to Seattle to see that game because yeah, it's like once every eight years the Jags come. But I hopefully want to go to um, some Vikings game next year because it feels wrong to not see them <laughs> every year live. So. Are you guys allowed to travel from Canada? Or don't you guys have a bunch of weird rules? We don't even, the borders aren't even open yet, but I'm hoping by football season, that'll be better. <laughs> Cause I'm dying to go to a sporting event. <laughs> it's been so yeah. long. For real. I yeah.
3: that. All right, uh, Kyla. So here's the deal. This is Bryant was uh, a no show. And for, for the rest of us three, we're like, Oh, that stinks, but we'll get through. But for you, it was probably a big deal. So we'll have you back next week. Um, with or without kevin williams or whoever joins uh, we're pounded on his door to join the show but it's fair that you get to meet bryant and be on a show with him so if Aww. so long as your schedule can accommodate it check it out it'll be at this time uh, next week and i think that's all we got anything else from the rest
2: um no i don't think so i think we covered it all yeah <laughs>
3: All right, well, then we'll be back next week with Kyla for a sequel. Hopefully, Bryant, once he surfaces, he knows what he's got going on. And that's all we got Skull Viking.
2: Bizarre. Skull.